0: Welcome to Grace to Stand, this is Pastor George on November 30th, this is probably here December 1st, one week from Thanksgiving. I know you all miss Darren, so we'll have to see when we can get up with one another again. Darren has moved to uh, Raleigh and started a call. He was installed uh, the, the week, uh, the Sunday right before Thanksgiving in an ARP church as their associate pastor. And so really happy for my brother. He's still with Ministry to State doing his work there in the capital. he He's doing double duty, kind of bivocational, but not really because he's in pastoral ministry on both sides. But half of his time is spent ministering to the uh, politicians and uh, their staffs in the capital of North Carolina, bringing the gospel to North Carolina. And the other half of his time is spent at an ARP church uh, as they're uh, minister to Discipleship, or or uh, I'm not sure exactly what his exact title is. He'll have to tell us when he comes back. But anyway, I've been enjoying try, uh, sort of doing these off-the-cuff devotional uh, episodes. And so I wanted to do another one. And as it's now December, or will be tomorrow, definitely by the time you hear this, I wanted to enter into controversy because it's nothing like heading toward or looking toward Christmas and getting into controversy over Christmas. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. But really, uh, this song, I want to talk about this song, Mary, Did You Know? And I don't know if you've heard this song. I'm sure you have. Uh, Many people love the song. A group called the Pentonics did it uh, a few years ago and just has a beautiful, soulful rendition of it. And many people hate the song. And I always say, whenever there's somebody enjoying something and thinking they're enjoying it in the Lord, there's somebody there to rob them of their joy. (laughs) And so uh, I'm going to enter into the fray and I'm either going to upset you or uh, you're going to agree with me. But hopefully what I want to do is really just show a different side to this song, because I don't believe this song is trying to teach doctrine or contradicting the Bible at all. I wrote an article on this a couple years ago, and um, I'm going to read the article. And I've seen uh, Kevin DeYoung do this on his his podcast, and I'm no Kevin DeYoung, but uh, I think it's a good format. I already kind of wrote something, and so I'll read it. Maybe I'll editorialize. Nah, who am I kidding? I'll definitely editorialize when I'm reading and kind of use it as a springboard, and it'll probably be only a few minutes. And then I'm going to play a clip uh, from a sermon illustration I did last year or the year before on Psalm 8. When David says, what is man that you are mindful of him? The psalm says, oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And it's just a ponderance of what is humanity that you care for us. And so that'll be a sermon clip. And the reason for that is I I do an illustration using this song. Uh, And so some of what I'm going to say in this article and some of what I'll say, uh, what I've said so far will reappear in that four minute sermon clip, but there'll be more. And so here's the article I wrote. It's on my blog, irreverentreverend.org. And uh, by the way, the title of my blog, irreverentreverend.org, is not a, uh, is not there to be irreverent. It's just I don't know. Sometimes I'm amazed that God has used a guy like me to be a pastor. And I've often been told, you're not like any pastor uh, we're, we're used to. <laughs> uh, usually it's somebody telling me that um, affectionately. And so I take it that way. But uh, but I get it. And maybe it's because I got a lot of New York in me and my church in North Carolina, Southern Church, uh, Thinks they got a New York pastor, and they're not sure quite how that happened, but they love me, and they're gracious to me, and praise God. All right, so I'm going to read this article. Um, Mary knew, and she didn't, and I love this song. Here it goes. There's such a great lesson and reflection for us each year in the song, Mary, Did You Know? I'm going to read some of the lyrics of it. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know? that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. From Mary, did you know the, the first verse? Uh, yeah, I don't sing. I mean, I do in, in church, but I'm not going to sing for you, and, and uh, you can thank me for that. The article goes on. This song that makes the rounds every Christmas for the last 30 years, It's it's been out there for um my whole adult life, uh, has increased in prominence since the Pentonics covered it in 2014, garnering, at the time of the writing of this article, which was like a year or two ago, I don't remember now, uh, 270 million views on YouTube. Uh, in the article, the the song is linked to that video. It brings hope and joy to so many. It helps us to see Jesus in the incarnation clearly, and yet... Wherever there is a Christian finding joy and in increasing faith, there are Christians who want to rob them of that joy. Uh, if that describes you, um, I'm not trying to take a shot at you. I'm just making an observation. It happens with Bible verses such as Jeremiah 29:11 or Philippians 4:13. In parentheses, I say which I'll address in a later article. And it happens in music. And just on those notes, like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for a future and a hope. And then you will call on me, uh, and I'll be found by you, uh, and I'll bring you back from your captivity. And, and now I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I always find people are so reticent to. Well, that's not for you. That's for the, you know, uh, the the Jewish people in Babylonian, Babylonian captivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then those same people are the ones to quote uh it the verses right before it and apply it to them. Build houses and plant gardens and have children and give your, your, your children uh in marriage and seek the welfare of the city for in its welfare, uh so will you have welfare or peace, or again paraphrasing. Uh in other words, they have no problem applying the how should you live in captivity. Section to Christians today, but they 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 won't let us apply the "I have plans for you" section. And um, of course, these things can be applied inappropriately. Or, or I, I referenced uh, Philippians four thirteen. For I, uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and say, "Well, that's not for your goals in life, and that's not for the Christian today. That's for suffering." No, it, it's it's in all things. In all things that we are walking uh, in faith, walking by the spirit, uh, God will give us the strength to do those things. It doesn't say anything about the outcome. (laughs) So yeah, these things can be, um, used incorrectly and scripture has always been twisted, but the fact that a Christian is going to wear a shirt with Philippians 4.13 or, or claim the Jeremiah 29.11 promise for themselves, um, isn't immediately cause for you to wreck their hope they find in Scripture. Uh, and and the same in this song. So, uh, so I say, to be sure and clear, any taking of Scripture out of context is a misuse of Scripture, very, very clearly I said. And any song that is trying to teach doctrine should be doctrinally sound. And anything sung in worship should be true and clear, God-glorifying and Christ-exalting. And so I I don't recommend, I I mean, I I would be against singing Mary, did you know in a worship service? It's not a worship song. I go on. But is Mary, did you know, trying to teach doctrine? or Or is it a reflection of a human heart amazed at the awe of God that is put into art? What's the issue, you say? Well, people say, Mary, did you know? So this, uh, well, I'm sorry, so people, well, people say Mary did know, so this song is doctrinally incorrect. To that I say, really? How is that? What makes it, and I quote, this was a a title of another article, the most biblically illiterate Christmas tune. That was a phrase in in an article uh, trashing the song. The song doesn't say Mary didn't know. It doesn't say that Mary is singing this song or asking the question. It doesn't even imply that. How do you know that it isn't the questions her friends asked her after Jesus rose from the dead? How do you know this wasn't asked of Mary dozens, even hundreds of times during the next 20 or more years of her life? This isn't in the article, but like it is conceivable Mary was only 50 years old when when her son died. Christ died in his, his early 30s, and Mary was a teenager when she had him, and that's really not in dispute. We don't know the exact age of Mary. I could tell you that my great-grandmother from Syria was married as a teenage girl. That was extremely common. So Mary, when she passed away, may have been 48 years old, 50 years old when Jesus passed away. And for the next however many years of her life, how many times did somebody probably ask her, Did you know? And how many wonderful opportunities then for her to tell them what she did know and to tell them the gospel? So I go on in the article, Mary, did you know? Isn't a statement on what Mary knew or didn't know. It isn't even a statement of someone who is biblically illiterate, it's a reflection on the incarnation of. Now, in other words, somebody could ask, wonder what Mary knew, and that doesn't make them biblically illiterate. It is a reflection on the incarnation that God became man and the magnificence of it and how humans process the unbelievable. Could anyone really have known, pondered, or understood that? It's a way to consider that Mary did or did not know. I'm sorry, it's a way to consider what Mary did or did not know. And most of the questions in the song, she did not know. (laughs) She didn't know Jesus was going to walk on water. She had no idea. I go on in a heading called, Did Peter Know? It would be like asking the apostles. Actually, people did ask the apostles, Peter, did you know that Jesus would be handed over to the authorities? Peter, did you know that your best friend and master would be crucified? Peter, did you know he'd be buried and rise again in three days? Peter, did you know that your best friend was God? Did he? Yes to all but the last question. He, they, the disciples, were told at least three times specifically. Matthew 16, 21. Matthew 20, 19. Matthew 26, That's three times in in Matthew's gospel, three times in Mark's gospel. I'm not sure about Luke's gospel and and definitely in John's gospel, unless the son of man be lifted up, Jesus says. (laughs) Um, And many more times he alluded to it. And so armed with this foreknowledge, forewarning, promise from Christ, why would Peter deny Christ? Peter was told, was he not? Peter was told, you will deny me by Jesus Christ. So if he knew that, why did he not believe? Why didn't he uh, stand up for Christ? Why would he deny Christ? Why would the apostles be surprised that Christ had risen again in John twenty 25? Didn't he tell them? Why would they doubt even while they were looking at his resurrected body as is evidenced in Matthew twenty-eight sixteen? It's like Christ is there. This is at the, the Great Commission and it said and they worshiped him, but some doubted. So did Mary know? Did Mary know? She did. And she didn't. And whatever she knew, she obviously didn't have full understanding. What human would? I'll always argue that she didn't know that the Son of God meant that Jesus was God, the great I Am. I put that in parentheses. Whatever Mary knew, Mary knew that she was bare uh, this figure called the son of God. Mary knew obviously that she was um, conceived by the Holy spirit, not by a man. She knew the miraculousness of this birth. There's no question there, but David was called the son of God and nobody, the Bible shows that nobody, no matter what they were told had any conception of a God man. They did not believe the Messiah would be God because God is one. This was very difficult for the Jews to believe. So I go on, yes Mary knew that she would bear the long foretold Messiah who would be called God's son and she consented to it. And she obviously knew it was a miracle to conceive without having been physical with a man Luke 2:26 to 38. And she obviously knew that Jesus had the power to perform the miracles before anyone else knew. John chapter 2. Uh, turning water into wine. She asked her son to do that before he had done a miracle that we know of. Yes, she was told that. It didn't stop her from being human with real amazement at what she was seeing in her son, Jesus. I mean, to me, Mary is one of the greatest heroes of the faith. Uh, In Protestant Christianity, we downplay Mary because how in Catholicism she's been so elevated, particularly with the doctrine, the the Catholic doctrine of the Immaculate Conception, which Protestants think that Jesus was conceived immaculately. Of course he was, but the Immaculate Conception is Mary to Catholics, that Mary had no sin, that in order for God to be born into a woman, he can only be born into a vessel without sin. And so Mary was conceived without original sin. That's what Catholics believe. We believe that is completely false as Protestant Christians, but that doesn't mean that Mary is not a great hero of the faith. As a teenage girl, she said yes to God. Wow. Yes, she was told that. It didn't stop her from being human, with real amazement at what she was seeing in her son, Jesus. At Christ's birth, shepherds came and visited Jesus, and shepherd, and scripture records, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, When Christ is a boy and he goes to the temple without his parents knowing where he was, and they were worried sick, what mother wouldn't be? Mary scolds Jesus, or at least asks him questions in a worried manner, Luke 2, 48. Didn't she know he was God? Apparently, in that moment, she did not. How do we know? And he said to them, Jesus... Luke 2, 49. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying he spoke to them. Did she know? Well, Scripture tells us she didn't. And Jesus said to his parents, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying he spoke to them. They didn't know and again said that she treasured up all these things in her heart luke 2:51 again as an adult when jesus was making a ruckus offending the religious leaders and bringing undue attention on the family he says that mary and jesus's brothers said he is out of his mind and they came to get him they thought he was crazy mark 3:21 and 31 to 35 all of this teaches an important lesson. We all need to be reminded of the gospel, no matter what we already know. We are human, and Mary was human. We all ponder. We're all prone to wander, doubt, and not fully understand. We forget the meaning of the loaves. My, my article references that, and then there's a link to a sermon segment in that. We all need to say with Peter, the disciples, with Mary, and with the man in Mark 9.24, I believe help my unbelief. We all need to stand in awe of what God has done in the incarnation of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Let us never lose that awe, amazement, and excitement that the creator of the universe loves me and gave himself for me, as Paul says in Galatians 2. This Christmas, and always, let us say like Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on my humble, on the humble estate of his servant. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Amen. Taken from Luke 1, 46 to 51. So anyway, that's my take on the song. Obviously, uh, I'm okay with differing opinions and differing views, but you know, if there's people that like this song, leave them alone. <laughs> that's my, that's my take for you. I would guess most people listening to this, this video in my church, like the song. That's what I would guess. Um, but, but anybody else in, in my denomination or other places in, in Christendom, uh, again, they, they necessarily, they don't necessarily enjoy it the way I do. Anyhow, here's another clip, uh, says some of the, some of these same things. It's only four minutes long, but it adds to it. Because it's, it's, again, building on David's psalm, where he says, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. What is man that you are mindful of him? So this is Pastor George signing off for Grace to Stand. Hopefully I'll be with Darren soon. Uh, have a great December. Don't eat too much. Look to the incarnation of Christ. See what your Savior has done for you. Great truth. And I think maybe Mary, the mother of Christ on earth, helps us there. There's a song that's out around Christmas time about Mary. Mary, did you know? And it usually gets attacked by people saying, well, yes, she knew. God told her. And there's articles about this. How silly of a song, Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. So the song has the, these lyrics. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. And it goes on and on. And they say, well, of course she knew that he was going to say his name is Jesus. It means God saves. And I'm like, man, that just doesn't live in the real world. That's like if we sang a song to the disciples and said, well, Peter, did you know that Jesus would be delivered over and crucified and go in the grave, but he'd rise in three days? By the way, did it look like Peter knew that? Was he told that? Three times at least. There's all kinds of things we know in our heads or maybe and we don't under. And then when it happens, you ponder them. And you see that in Mary's life. When the shepherds come and visit, it says she treasured these things in her heart. She pondered them. She rolled them around like this is really happening. When Jesus was lost at the temple, she kind of scolded him. And then she rebuked him when, when he, was bring, she, he was bringing too much attention on the family when he was an adult. Did Mary know? She was a great woman of faith. And I believe she trusted God, but I don't think she knew it to, the, to what we... And, even if she knew it in her head, did she really know it? And yet, when that promise was made to her, and we see that in Luke's gospel, Mary's song, the Magnificat, she sings of the Lord and magnifies the Lord. It says, if she's saying, what is woman that you are mindful of her? Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. He has sown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Can you picture her saying, oh Lord, how, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This Christmas season, Advent season, Christmas time, whatever you want to call it, perhaps take some time, some morning, wake up early, or some evening go out, take a walk, sit on your porch, watch the sunrise or set, look at the stars, just imagine God Think of his greatness in creation. Look at something beautiful and breathtaking. And then think he knows you. And he loves you. And you will say this psalm. Maybe read this psalm as you're doing it. Who am I that you're mindful of me? And this, you care for me. God did all this, creator God. And he looks at you and smiles on you on account of his son, Jesus. That is why Jesus came. He is Savior God. His name means Savior. And he came to dwell with us. To be your king. Is he your king? He could be. By faith. Oh, Lord. Lord. Our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth.